안녕하세요. Good morning. Good morning. My dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace, 안녕하십니까. Today is Mother's Day. To all mothers, congratulations from our hearts. So, uh, you know, Korean time yesterday, I think uh, uh, Korean uh, headquarters and all churches uh, are well arranged for True Mother's, uh, the Mother's Day and then invite mother to celebrate, really big celebration. It was a very beautiful event. Uh, today, I'd like to talk about the cup uh, from True Mother's Anthology Book 1. So let's read. The Collegiate Association for the Research of Principles, COP, what kind of dream do you have? You should have the same dream as our heavenly parent and true parents. I hear that most of you here are second generation and third generation members. It is not wrong to say that when our Unification Church started out, it was started by young college students and COP members like yourselves. When there is no foundation, the central persons have to struggle and start out from the bottom. Though we were strongly persecuted by Christians during the 1960s, college students and intellectuals starving for the truth were excited by the word. Though it is true that they were persecuted even more for that, from those difficult circumstances, we have already reached COP's 50th anniversary. True parents have fulfilled all of their responsibility and are victorious. They opened the new era of Chanoguk. Chanoguk is heavenly parents' dream and true parents' hope. It is the hope of humankind, 7.3 billion people. Therefore, those who are aware of this hope, especially the blessed children and first-generation members who have heard these teachings, need to change. You need to be able to embrace all the people of this world. The dream of the world's people is to meet true parents. With the new lineage through true parents, you must fulfill your responsibilities as blessed families here on the earth before you go to your eternal life. That is the purpose of our life here on earth. We must become a nation that attends God. We must become a nation that can receive God's blessings. That means that this nation and all its citizens must attend true parents. However, there are still people who do not know who true parents are. No one dislikes light on a dark night. You must become that light. As the light, you must create the environment. You should not just hang around in your surroundings. First of all, at the school you attend, you must think, I am just one person, but I will change this school. And then dedicate yourself sincerely and set conditions. You must embrace the entire campus. It would be nice if all university students across the nation became COP members. That is why you must stand in the position to shine a light, not only on this nation, not just on Asia, 
but throughout the world. Thank you. And uh, true mothers were to cop. So what just now true mother mentioned about that. So mother said, uh, you need to have the same dream as God and, uh, and true parents as the cop members. Chonilbuk is the dream and wish of God and true parents. That's why whenever you have a dream, you need to relate to Chonilbuk, know, the dream of the Chonilbuk. And then you need to embrace the students of the world, let them receive the new life and lineage from true parents. That means you need to really witness and let them know who true parents are. Let your country attend heavenly parents and true parents. That is our ultimate, our goal. Our nation should be the nation of the Chinese group. And mother saying that uh, be the light that uh, brightens the world. So our job is the mission of the light. How really, you know, raising up the all mankind. Then we need we need to do we need to do the role of the light, and brightens the world, brightens the world, and take ownership of your school and sweep across the college campuses so that every student becomes our CAP members. My dear brothers and sisters, especially our CAP students, mother, then much pay attention to the activity of the CAP. So I think our goal is to establish a CAP chapter in each state in America. So let's fulfill our goal this year. I think now I can't travel in each state, but I thought, you know, centering on some regional leader really need to fulfill that goal to establish Cup chapter in each state. Leaving a divine uh, principle and continue, uh, maybe this is the last session about the, the process of the creation of the universe centering on was it created or did it evolve? So let's study. Heavenly Honey, please. Section five, the process of the creation of the universe and its growing period. <clears throat> The process of the creation of the universe. According to the account of the creation of the universe in Genesis chapter one, amidst the primordial state of chaos, void, and darkness, God created light. God next separated the waters below the firmament from the waters above it. He then divided the land from the ocean, created plants, fish, birds, mammals, and so on and finally made humankind. All this took a period of six days. From this account, we can surmise that the process of creating the universe took some period of time represented by six days. Considering that the account of the creation of the universe recorded in the Bible nearly coincides with the findings of modern scientific research, we are reassured that this biblical record must be a revelation from God. The universe did not suddenly spring forth complete without regard to the flow of time. In fact, its origin and development took an enormous length of time. Hence, the biblical period of six days for the completion of the universe is not to be reckoned 
by the number of literal sunrises and sunsets. It symbolizes six ordered periods of time in the creation process. Thank you. So based on this EDP content, let's study Father's word more details. The mental origin of an amoeba. If an amoeba was the origin of the mind, how did the tiny mind of the amoeba expand? This is the problem. So would the mental origin be from the amoeba or not? No. Then the mind during which part of the evolution process was the mind of a human being inserted? When was it inserted? That is the problem. We know in the present world that the mind which we have, a human being's mind, is so unimaginably large and vast. From where is the source of energy for a phased development? If a small amoeba has a mental origin, then in the process of evolution, there should be a mental plus for expansion. There should be this kind of logic. Then in evolution, is there a leadership which makes the object itself evolve to generate greater energy? Such a thing doesn't exist. Can you generate the energy source to make the object which should evolve to evolve? Does that existence itself have the energy to create? No, it doesn't. When seen theoretically, it doesn't. Therefore, the logic that there had to be a third being's investment is formed. Who supplies that energy? I don't know that, but I don't know that, but let's cover it and say it is evolution. This logic doesn't work. In order to evolve and in order for a phased development, there has to be a mental, motivational energy source for development. It is the logical conclusion that without this, the resultant form cannot emerge. Do amoebas really have minds? Do you think amoebas are able to think or not? Can they or not? No. So do you think that if you gather them together, beings without any mentality, would they give birth to a mental origin? No. Also, no matter how simple an amoeba is, would it have an internal structure and an external structure? Yes. So then do the internal and external structure work together or do they work separately where one has a floating body structure with an outer form? These are complicated problems. So which part do you think is the center, the internal structure? That is the point in which materialism and spiritualism are divided. A big problem is created in history. Yes. Although the uh, amoeba has a flesh-centered mind, it does not have a spirit body. Only human beings possess a spirit body. The mental world never goes through the process of evolution. God only created a body and, and breathed a soul into a man. Animals and plants do not have spirit bodies. 
So uh, today's youth ministry, the reason to inherit God's heart of suffering. Let's study. The reason to inherit God's heart of suffering. If you overcome the difficulties you face or the hardships that come find you, you will inherit the heart of God. If you think of it as God's difficulties and sufferings and take responsibility for them, you will grow more and receive more grace from those troubles. It is human responsibility to receive or lose grace in the midst of difficulties. God allows his children to experience his sorrow when they grow to a certain extent. Why would God not bear his suffering alone and let his children know about it? Parents who have experienced sorrow cannot exchange hearts with their child unless their child recognizes and understands the parent's sorrow. A sorrowful heart cannot be resolved without someone who understands and shares in them. Yes, my dear brothers and sisters, the reason suffering comes to me is to inherit God's suffering. If you think of your difficulties and sufferings as God's and take responsibility for them, you will grow more and receive more grace from them. When I think of the difficulties and pains as my own, it becomes a pain. But when I think of them as heavens, it becomes grace and blessing. There is a human portion of responsibility here. If I treat my pain as my own, it becomes a discontent and resentment. Then why should we bear God's suffering? Parents who have experienced the sorrow cannot exchange heart with their ch child unless their child recognizes and understands the parent's sorrow. A sorrowful heart cannot be resolved without someone who understands and shares in them. The heart of the parents who has lost a child can only be known by those who have lost a child. When a father lost his child in a car accident and was unable to get out of the pain, when he thought about the how sad God must have been for losing Adam and Eve, the testimony that it was comforting as tears flowed from his tears to God, I heard my brothers and sisters. Really, that's why experience is very important. You know, without experience, we cannot understand each other. We cannot exchange each other. Healing a person who has suffered can only comfort a person who has suffered. So I can experience God's pain as much as I have suffered. Therefore, my suffering is the way to inherit God's suffering. Next. When, when we share sadness with each other, we become more affectionate and love each other. How can I get closer artistically with the other person when they don't know my sorrow? Can I have a conversation with someone who does not know my sorrow? In order to have heart-to-heart -heart exchange, you need to know each other's position well. If human beings do not understand God's plight, that he suffered due to the fall of man, 
No one can inherit his heart. How can children who do not understand and experience the sorrow of God, the parent, inherit God's heart? Yes, the wall of heaven is a wall where hearts are exchanged. When we share sadness with each other, we become more affection, affectionate and love each other. If we don't know each other's sorrows, we cannot get close to each other artistically. Can I have a conversation with someone who does not know my sorrow? You know, to have a heart-to-heart -heart exchange, you need to know each other's positions very well. Children who, who do not understand, experience the sorrow of God as their parents cannot become hears of God's heart. Next. Jesus told, also told his disciples to take up their cross and follow him. In a way, don't these seem like cruel words? If Jesus took up his cross by himself, then that could have been all. So why did he ask his disciples following him to also carry the cross? In order for heart-to-heart -heart exchange, and for hearts to unite, unless God and humans share each other's hearts, an eternal relationship of heart cannot be established. Yes, that's true. When Jesus and the, the thief on the right were crucified and died, their heart had exchanged. When the rise of the thief recognized Jesus' righteousness, and Jesus really can have a kind of the really same kind of the heart and situation. And they build a relationship between, you know, Jesus and Arisative as a parent and child. When Abraham was about to pierce Isaac with a knife to offer him to heaven, there was an exchange of heart between God and Abraham. When Jesus comforted heaven and while dying on the cross, he had an exchange of heart with God. When true father comforted heaven while getting tortured, he had an exchange of heart with God and inherited all of God's heart. That's why we are suffering. This is the way to inherit God's heart. When we inherit gacha, when we understand gacha, become more closer and closer. Finally, build up the relationship, parent and child, between heavenly parents and ourselves. Next. When Abraham had to sacrifice Isaac, it was more urgent and sadder than losing his wife. How did Abraham feel when he had to sacrifice his son whom he had waited for until he was 100 years old by stabbing him with a knife. Abraham must have felt unimaginable sorrow. When Abraham took Isaac to make his offering, Isaac asked his father, Abraham, where is the sacrifice to be offered? Abraham replied, God is preparing everything. What was Abraham's heart at that time? His heart must have been filled with indescribable sadness. Continue. 
Genesis chapter 22, verses 9 to 13. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. It is an incredible and beautiful story how Abraham beat up the uh, father and child relationship between God and himself. Abraham was able to become the father of faith because he loved God more than himself and his son, whom he had uh, after waiting hundreds of years. Today, we must become the ancestor of the eternal faith before our ancestors and descendants, descendants in this Chanelbu era. Do you really love God will more than your children like Abraham? At the crossroads where we have to choose God and our children in the place of death, can we really put God's will first? To become the father of the faith, we have to transcend death and put God first and love him. Today, in the era of the Chanelgu, is there anyone who has uh, as much faith as uh, Abraham? It then says, Abraham is truly, truly our father of the faith. Our faith is not, 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 not like uh, Abraham. We are still you know, far away to reach his standard. That's why I truly respect Abraham's faith. He is really, you know, my father of faith, our father of the faith. How come he loves God more than himself, more than his son? This is not simple job, my brothers and sisters. So he put God no matter what as a top priority more than anything else. That's why we call him. He is the father of the faith. And true parents ask us to take ownership as the owner of the Chanilgu, now era of the Chanilgu. You know, to become the owner, we have to be a you know, man or woman of the faith, you know, in front of our ancestors, in front of the, all our descendants. That is our job as the owner of the Chun Ilgu. Next. God saved Isaac, who he was about to kill and offer as a sacrifice. Here, Abraham is determined as the father of faith. Through Abraham's family, God's three great sorrows in Adam's family were expressed through Abraham. The first is the sorrow of humans leaving their loving parent. 
The second is the sorrow of giving a loved one to the enemy. And the third, the greatest sorrow, is seeing his only son murdered in front of his eyes. I would rather suffer than make a loved one suffer. God showed his sorrow well through Abraham. We didn't know this until now. Until this day, while we were learning about Abraham's course, we do not know God's sadness and sorrow behind it. Yes, thank you, Heavenly Honey. The course of our faith is, in a word, the course of experiencing and inheriting God's sorrow, taking responsibility for God's sorrows. We build an eternal parent and child relationship with God. In that sense, the sorrows and pains we face are the blessing of the meeting God and forming a parent child relationship of heart with him. Very important content today, even though I recently continued talking about uh, suffering, you know, pain. I will need to really understand this part. Very important. That's why I repeat again and again. I think within a few days more, I'd like to talk about. And then you understand what the meaning of the suffering, what the meaning of the pain. Of course, the Korean word, the pain and the suffering, and the English word and pain and suffering, something different kind of a sound, but I hope you understand what I'm talking about. So let's really understand whenever we face our own difficulties and pain, we, try, we, we, we really need to try to understand God's suffering, God's pain, our true parents suffering and pain. This is the way more we have a artistic relationship between heavenly parents and our own self. Thank you very much, my brothers and sisters. And then today, living testimony, uh, I am a living testimony that anyone is possible. It's time to hear living testimony. Our MC, please introduce someone to testify uh, with today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dr. Young, for today's, again, amazing teaching, uh, especially you know, how to understand God's suffering and even going through it uh, in order to have this heart-to-heart -heart connection with God. So thank you so much again. And for our living testimony today, we have Mrs. Yuriko Arakawa. So please unmute and take it over. Good morning, Dr. Young and everyone. Yeah, My, name morning. <laughs> My name is Yuriko Arakawa. And I came to Washington, D.C. as a missionary in 2000. My husband and I have two sons, 16 and 14. I was assigned to the Washington, D.C. PR team and worked in embassy liaison. I then worked at UPF USA under Dr. Jenkins and IAPD office under Mrs. Tomiko Dagan as a staff member. At my church, I am in charge of the Sunday school uh, for middle school students creating programs based on Hyojon and working on developing our youth. I was very hesitant to give my testimony this, this time because last year I only led 12 couples to fulfill the 43-day journey. However, as a missionary family and as a mother, I thought that uh, this sharing might be some of some help to you in this providence to share the blessing, a blessing. So I have come to share my testimony. 
The first major turning point in my missionary life was the birth of my child. Until then, I was able to work as a missionary from morning to night as much as I wanted. After the birth of my first child, I continued that kind of lifestyle for the most part. However, my heart was always with my children. I prayed deeply to God, asking him how I should balance his will and my family. The answer was that God's will and family are not to be separated, but to be accomplished together. I was convinced that God's will would be done in our lives, in God's environment, and that it would be linked to my public mission. First, encouraging witnessing, I visited all churches. I could see on the way to my son's school. I also looked at the parents of my son's friends to see what kinds of people they were. At first, I was going to pray for them, but then I found out that one of them was a professor with a Muslim Imam rank. I invited him to the UPF interface prayer, which sparked his interest in our movement. And he joined the Peace Road with his son, Rally of Hope, and other things. Now, I'm guiding him and his wife to the blessing. Another parents were almost divorced. However, after they received blessing, they decided to stay together. I could see the power of the blessing. Also, as outreach for the interface prayer, I attended the Unity Walk event with my son, where we met the prominent imam who received the National Parents Award sponsored by UPF and introduced about 10 people he knew to UPF. Most of them were imam. Only one of them was a Christian pastor who received the blessing and led 14 couples of her church members to the blessing. And now she and her husband are going to study divine principle. UPF has a weekly family value Zoom program on Wednesdays. That pastor's couple joined or watched um, many times to listen and study until they understood better deeply. Mm -hmm. It is a great approach to guide them to the blessing. Wow. And of course, they had some difficulties when her brother-in-law called her husband many times to not listen to the teaching of two parents. So we talked a lot, mostly I listened and made a deep uh, artistic relationship and prayed a lot uh, for their couple. The second turning point was that my elder son, Hiroto had an opportunity to join the GAP program, which is middle schoolers Korean study program with a WOMO scholarship in Chompion. Anyone who has teenagers struggles to protect our children from Satan and the secular world. 
as we learned at morning devotion with Dr. Young, uh, True Mother invested her heart into our second and third generation. And it was right after True Mother's three-year special Shimyo Chonson, which was offered by True Mother instead of us after True Father's Soma. Then True Mother taught us about the heart of Hyojong. I was so grateful and I wanted to give back uh, to True Mother. Then I prayed a lot and started to reach out to Christian ministers as she wanted us to do at that time. I visited one mega church with my younger son, Yosei, to join their Bible study. And he, he wrote an essay about the contents of the Bible study for his school English class. His teacher gave him 110% score. Uh, so uh, he wrote a thank you letter to uh, Bishop. Beautiful. Mm. That made the relationship between Bishop and me closer. I deeply felt that God's will was a way for family to go together. Mm. And my husband is a person who offered Johnson a lot. Mm. He prays a lot and makes some conditions to support my witnessing and outreach. He's working hard from 4 a.m., so he's at work now. Mm. However, I always feel his Johnson for my mission and my family. So I'm so grateful. And lastly, it is a time to witness young people now. So we started campus witness once a week, only once a week and short time because all of uh, our team members are working. However, we are so excited about it. And uh, my family and some other community families launched an online holy community, Hyojong Club. The purpose is for parents and young people to work together for mm. their personal growth and outreach together to testify to Trimada. Mm. So I remember a Subregion 2 director, Reverend and Mrs. Patton, were educating elementary school age children mm. and said that we really have to raise our children from younger ages as God's children. And now Dr. Young really emphasized that. So we are very busy for the providence, but we are pursuing to accomplish God's will and family life together. Thank you so much. Wow, beautiful, Yuriko-san, your beautiful testimony. Wow, even though you are such a busy, busy person, but you have uh, some uh, extra time to you know, try to witness, try to really break through young people witnessing. Thank you so much, Yuriko, uh, Arakawa-san. And also, I really appreciate your son is always attending the morning devotion. Kamsamida, you raise up your children so well. Thank you so much. God bless you.